So, Rachel. Yeah? The Enterprise goes to the center of the galaxy and finds a race of powerful beings that once fled Earth. I hope it's not the Platonians again. I doubt it's the Platonians. Good. So maybe intelligent aliens who made Mayan cities, etc., then fled because humans were too determined and unwilling to give up their freedom. Coneheads and robes, maybe? Endangering a planet by trying to impose their paradise on it. That's my guess. Rachel watches Star Trek. Captain's log, start date 1254.4. For years, scientists have theorized that if our galaxy was created from a great explosion, then the center of the galaxy might still be creating new matter. The Enterprise is now on a science mission to investigate. Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. I'm Chris Lackey, and we are at rachelwatchesstartrek.com and on Patreon. You join us a long way into our odyssey to watch every episode of Star Trek until I give in. (laughs) Or give out. (laughs) (laughs) One of those two. This week we're doing another twofer episode. Yeah. That's two episodes for the price of one. I've got a song, Chris. Let's hear it. All right. Yes, sir, we got a double bill, two for the price of one. The death may not be desirable, but it won't take us long. Yeah, let's get the series done. The patrons called for a double bill, walking through the two. When an episode feels like a sleeping pill with not enough Kirk Foo, well, we'll know what to do. Yeah, what do you think of that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. That sounded familiar to yes. me. I don't know. I just thought it should be a Western theme tune style. Okay, yeah. So it's Maverick. Apparently, uh, I don't, I've never watched it myself. That's it. I think it's far superior. Oh, really? Honestly. The two episodes that we're covering this week are The Magics of Megas 2 and... Once Upon a Planet. Shoving them in your face. Right there, right now. Now, The Magics of Megas 2 was written by Larry Brody. And this might shed some light on the episode. He said, I stayed up for a couple of nights thinking of all the episodes I'd always wanted to see on the show, but hadn't. So the whole thing is a sleep-deprived, mania stream of consciousness. <laughs> but was Gene up for two nights when he rewrote the whole thing? Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. It was based on an idea already rejected for the original series season three, mm. which had them meet God in space. Oh. Brody recalled Roddenberry saying, I've always wanted to write about the Enterprise meeting God, but NBC's primetime bosses always shut it down. Let's see if we can slip it past the daytime, boys. He doesn't sound anything like that. (laughs) Do you know what he sounds like? Yeah, not like that. Well, it's just my best guess. (laughs) We'll get some video of him in an interview so you get an idea what what he actually sounds like. So you can do an appropriate Gene Roddenberry impersonation. (laughs) They couldn't get it past the daytime, boys, so it got turned into finding magic and satan yeah how did that get through the whole thing was rewritten by gene roddenberry mm-hmm. it's funny that you say that he wanted to do this whole meeting god thing because yeah. that's actually the plot of star trek 5 oh so he got to do it eventually eventually okay. yes they are on a mission to find a creation point at the center of the galaxy and they are caught in a matter energy whirlwind it's like the van gogh experience which we haven't seen in york <laughs> 
where apparently it's projected all over a cathedral, a lot of Van Gogh paintings moving in animation style. Oh. It was like that. It was pretty beautiful, actually. Oh, all right, yeah. In reality, there's a super giant black hole at the center of our galaxy. Oh, no fireworks, no bonfire night like in this. No, there's also a big cluster of super giant red stars. Um, that sounds nice. There's stuff happening. There's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they are thrown into an alternate universe slash dimension and their life support system is failing along with all the systems of the Enterprise. Yeah, people can barely breathe and they start falling down with the lack of oxygen. There's a classic chapel corridor fall, even in the animated series. <laughs> We're using that. <laughs> We're using it. A satyr looking goat man, you know, mm -hmm. lower part goat with some horns. A Van Dyke facial hair going on there. What's a Van Dyke? That's where it's a mustache that goes into a beard. Oh, right. Is that different from a goatee? I know a you've goatee. explained this before. Yeah, a goatee is just on your chin. Oh, my There's no goodness. mustache with a goatee. Really? Yes. People misuse that then, don't they? They do. Mm. Quite a bit. He's Lush a goat man and even he's not wearing a goatee. No. Correctly. Yeah, that's mm. right. Now, this Lucian guy, he's very helpful and kind of creepy. Oh, super creepy. Everything is working, my friends. It cannot is not logical. Logic? Whose logic, my elfin friend? Look around you, Spock. Everything is working. Welcome! I knew eventually humans would come searching for me. Who are you? Call me Lucien. Call me friend. Never could I abandon those who come to rollick with me. But not up here. No, no. Let us leave this vessel and go where true delights lie. Well, if that's not creepy, I don't know what is. Wow. Come and rollick with me where the true delights lie. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I need an adult. That's the Seder businessman. Seder's like doing it and getting boozed up. And oh, yeah, the that's... sensualist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And so I thought that's what this guy was. <laughs> yeah. His name's Lucian, which sounded very similar to Lucifer. Yeah, that's what I thought. He brings the BFG down to his planet, shows them some magic, and then sends them back again. So Spock decides he's going to come up with a plan by doing some magic of his own. <laughs> he practices on some giant crystal 2D chessboard. 2D? Yeah. <laughs> While standing in a pentagram he's drawn. One uses the resources at hand, Captain. I will attempt to move a Vulcan chess piece magically. Get it, Spock. It won't work. It must work, Doctor. It is logical here. Power of this universe, enter my being. I believe I can. Thoughts and feelings at this stage? This is stupid. <laughs> This doesn't make any sense. Oh, no. Like, just because there is some other energy force that's being manipulated or there's some complex way of moving energy around to be like magic. Yeah. What makes Smock think that he can just go, okay, I'm going to think it and it'll work? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's quite a leap, isn't it? That's ridiculous. So are you saying there are things happening that kind of look like magic, but it's really just physics? Well, forces in a different way in a different universe yeah i mean that's what they lay out and that's something that's in star trek quite a bit there's no such thing as magic as mm -hmm. we see it but there are things that seem like magic mm -hmm. because they are done by hyper intelligent creatures or technology that's beyond our understanding so it seems yeah. like magic but it's not actually magic but for him to leap to, I can do it just by believing it then. Yeah. Oh, God. That's <laughs> the worst kind of Star Trekies going on right yeah, there. It's kind of fun, though, isn't it? Their attempts are discovered and they are transported to 
an alien version of Salem in the 1690s. Yeah, why? Oh. Why is it 1690s? Why is it called Salem? They're recreating it, I guess. Y- yeah, well, we find out here mm-hmm. in this preposterous story. <laughs> the entire crew is in stocks and they're surrounded by a crowd of pilgrim yeah. people. The prosecutor monologues about how they went to Earth these aliens to find magic loving companions <laughs> and then got some bad treatment were accused of witchcraft they fled to salem oh they fled to salem oh yeah oh goodness and they decided you know what we're not going to put up with this anymore so they escaped back to their home and now want to make the crew pay for that pay? or for showing up in their world they don't like that just make them pay for being humans yeah. Hundreds of years later. Uh, yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. And this is a thing in fiction that I personally can't stand, is that witches were real in Salem in 1692. <laughs> they were not real witches in Salem yeah. in 1692. It was a witch hunt. That's yes. where it comes from. <laughs> yeah, they were women who were unjustly murdered. Mm-hmm. Saying otherwise gives the perpetrators credit like mm-hmm. saying, oh, you were actually right. There were witches, but maybe you got the wrong people. Right. You know, like, it's just in bad taste. When we went to Salem, there were a bunches of witch things going on there. Right. There's a lot that's wrong with this episode, and it seems oh, yeah. really poorly thought out. It seems like it was written up all night for two nights and then rewritten by Jean. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Spock steps up as defense lawyer. They let him do that. Mm, sure. And then Kirk pitches in that humans are more accepting now. Look at our ship's computers for evidence. Oh, okay then. You can go. But Lucian, the goat man, has to be in purgatory inside a red bubble forever. Why are they mad at him? Because I think he deceived them by hiding the humans that had come to their dimension. Why? Was he just lonely or something? Yeah, he liked the humans. He thought the humans were cool. Okay. I guess. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. That's not in stone. That's just what I'm trying to piece together (laughs) from this mess. Yeah. So they're going to stick Lucian in this purgatory and Kirk's like, no, don't do that. That's Mm -hmm. terrible. He doesn't deserve that. He's not a bad guy. And they're like, oh, isn't he? You might know him better as a Lucifer. And then Kirk says, I don't care who he is or what you think that he might have done. Nobody deserves that. That's quite shocking, though, isn't it? Yeah, he's standing up for Satan. Even Satan's not deserving of purgatory. And so they say, no, we're going to do what we like to do. And Kirk says, okay, well, I'm going to do some magic and fight you. (laughs) And of course, he can master it with no practice. Yes. These creatures that are of this world (laughs) are going to get their asses handed to them by Kirk, who just kind of given it a go. At least that's classic Star Trek. BS is Uh, what it is. But he does it even though he knows he can't win. Yes. He's trying to defend Lucy in any way because he doesn't agree with what they're doing. And then they use that as proof that humans are good or something. Yes. But they were going to let them go anyway, weren't they? I thought so, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe it was still a trick. It's still a test. What's going on, Chris? Oh, who knows? This is terrible. I can't defend this one at all. So they free Lucian and return to their universe and are told that if any other humans come, we'll give them a warm welcome. Uh, I'm not seeing it as the next shore leave sensation. (laughs) Although the fireworks aren't really good. Well, Lucian showed them all of your delights can be here. If you will it, it'll happen. Yeah. So... Kind of? Yeah. I don't know. God, is it worth it, though? Oh, Jesus. You know, our neighbours have got a really good firework display. If you just stand out on the other side of our street on November the 5th, get a right good free show, don't you? You, you do. don't need to go there. 
No, they spend a lot of money, our neighbors. Whichever neighbor it is. I don't know who does well it. Well done. Good job. But the episode ends with this. Well, back to normal. No more magic for us, Jim. It's all back there. You think Lucian really was the demon some men call Lucifer? Does it really matter, Bones? It just might, Captain. If he was, this would be the second time Lucifer was cast out. And thanks to you, the first time he was saved. Hmm. I'm so confused. What is that supposed to mean? If this is coming from a standpoint that we believe in the devil, we believe that he's the source of all evil, presumably. Therefore, why would he be celebrating that he'd saved him? Christianity is about saving people. Mm-hmm. That's like the ultimate saving. He might go out and do some more awful stuff. But see, that's the thing. He hasn't done anything awful. He got a bad rap. He seemed really nice. Well, creepy, but... Well, he was a little creepy, but we he wasn't know. doing anything mean. He was trying to protect them. Right. Uh, yeah, so let's do concepts. What were they saying about witches and Satan? It is a terrible mess. I know Ron Berry is an atheist or a humanist. Mm. He might have been trying to make some kind of commentary about that. Yeah. What? I have no idea. It must have been quite controversial, isn't it? Maybe. Is it easier to sneak things through on a kid's show or I, I, less so? I don't know. Spock getting into the logic of magic. Just believe. Mm. We had magic in Cat's Paw. It wasn't really magic. It was advanced alien technology. Oh, was it? Yeah, remember it was those little tiny puppet marionette things at the end. And they had oh. that machine that was making all those things happen. And remember they dismantled the machine and you saw that all that was an illusion. And then they died. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. the little fluffy feathery guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Kirk risks his life to defend Lucifer's freedom and he's successful because of that, which is a well-trodden concept. Sure. This is one of DC's favourites. DC. What? I just give up. Yeah. I can't predict her. I can't go along with thinking that she's some kind of heroine now because I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> she's up. She's down. Yeah. No, I'm done. I don't get it. Trek magazine gave it three out of five, mm. but only one out of five in their ultimate guide. Yeah. I didn't get it. Two out of ten. Two out of ten seems about right. I, yeah, you, know, you got to stop agreeing with I'm going to quit agreeing with you. I'm going to say three out of ten. Okay. There were some interesting ideas about the fact that there were these beings that exist in another dimension and can manipulate reality with mm. their will. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And then maybe they visited Earth and they had some influence. That's a well-trotted trope of Star Trek where aliens have once visited Earth. I mean, yeah. that was Apollo who mourns for Adonais. They've gone there looking for magic pals. They wouldn't have found any, so why didn't they just bugger off again? They just liked humans. They thought they were fun. Oh, I guess. Sad. Entertainment. A trial episode is never good. One of my favorite episodes in Next Gen is a trial episode. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Beautiful visuals, though. Fireworks, Van Gogh swirls. Annoying and kind of freaky voice acting on Lucian by Doohan. Mm -hmm. I was falling asleep. It felt like a dream. Yeah, and not, in a, not good a good one. Yeah. Three out of ten. Nah, well, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I was not entertained. I just wanted it to be over. Mm. So I'm two out of ten. Okay. Kid value. Defending someone indefensible, even though it endangers your own safety. The injustice of endless isolation. Mm. Seeing things from the witch's point of view. Mm. Trying to encourage more empathy, maybe. Oh, yeah. There are some interesting concepts there for children to philosophize about, but I don't think they did them well. So I'm going one out of five. Yeah. For kids, I would say that this is a mess. It's not going to make any sense to them. Nah, they ain't getting anything out of this. One out of five. Could it be live? Could it be love? We Wibbly got... wobbly effects and magic. Could have done a version of it, I guess. Yeah. The goat legs. 
might have been tricky. They could have done that, and they got pilgrim costumes lying around. If they, they wanted to, they could have. They could have done that. So your guess is... Intelligent aliens who made Mayan cities, then fled because humans were too determined, coneheads and robes, endangering a planet by trying to impose their paradise on it. Nil point no, zero. No. Sorry. Sorry, dear. All right. Well, let's move on to the next episode, Once Upon a Planet. Let's hope this one's good. Kirk returns to a planet for shore leave, but finds that it is less peaceful than he remembers it to be. Uh, well, McCoy was killed by a jousting knight the last time. But and, he wasn't killed. Well, he was brought back to life or something. Yeah, and but... remember how it ended? He got two showgirls with furry oh, bikinis. Oh. Oh, wait, we can do whatever we want here, and it's benevolent. Then everybody partied. Right, okay, they resolved it, even though they were all getting shot at by aircraft to begin with. It was them thinking the wrong things. Yeah, just don't ever think of anything negative. But they also just didn't kind of get how it worked. Right. And everybody was fine. Nobody really died. Maybe this time it only materializes worst fears or nightmares rather than nice thoughts. Or it's been taken over by an alien race who wants to have it as their own shore leave planet. Let's say it's a big McCoy episode. Could be. Let's find out. Captain's log, star date 5591.2. The crew of the Enterprise is ready for some well-deserved rest and recreation. Therefore, we have set course for the so-called Shore Leave Planet, located in the Omicron Delta region. The uninhabited planet was constructed long ago by a highly advanced alien race. Its sole purpose is to provide fun and amusement for space-traveling passers-by. This episode was written by Chuck Menville and Len Jansen, based on ideas by Theodore Sturgeon, who wrote the original. Chuck and Len had been writing for Filmation since 1969. Hmm. So for a few years, they were, I guess, in-house fellas. And if you want to listen to what we thought of Shaw Leave, the original series season one episode, that's back in January 2018 that we wow. covered it. You can find it on our website. So long ago. Mm -hmm. McCoy, Uhura and Sulu who I'm going to collectively call Makusu, <laughs> beam down to the planet. There's a really long time just looking at a kind of adequate mapped painting of a bit of greenery. Yeah. Then they finally materialize. The fellas have forgotten that whatever you say or think comes true. So they reminisce about seeing the white rabbit and we get this. One side, one side. I'm late, I'm late. Oh, my fuzzy ears and whiskers. I'm late. I beg your pardon, but did you see a white rabbit? He went that way, Alice. Oh, thank you so very much. Oh, thank you so very much. <laughs> I'm having fun already. <laughs> well, good. Uhura says, remember, think only happy thoughts. I can't even do that during a massage, though. How can you switch off all negative thoughts, all worries that drift in even more when we're relaxed? I don't know. Cautionary tale. Yeah. Uhura does some piercing and unintentionally funny singing <laughs> sorry Michelle while McCoy gets attacked by the Queen of Hearts and a spear throwing deck of cards McCoy is already out for some reason McCoy and Sulu get beamed up but Ahura is left behind asking what's the emergency yeah she's finally getting some shore leave and the boys are getting the willies and leaving already and she's not prepared to go straight away without knowing why but a robot arm steals her communicator and she is captured by a flying robot thing. Mm -hmm. Back on the ship, they beam everybody else up but no Uhura. And they can't get the keeper of the planet. They don't know where he is. So the best friend gang plus Sulu beam down. Meanwhile, Uhura has been taken to a massive high-tech cave with a computer who is keeping her hostage. It's a huge orb with kind of moving patterns when it talks. And Uhura is being very tough in response to it. It detects BFG plus one and says it'll turn them off as it needs no more hostages. Does it want the ship? Is 
that what's going on? Yes. The Best Friends gang find the tombstone of the Keeper in the woods. The planet is now run by robots who begin taking control of the Enterprise. Everyone floats about on the bridge. There's no gravity. They're sent out of orbit and then back again. They realize the computer on the planet is trying to take over the Enterprise. Yeah. In the hangar deck, they try to launch a shuttle and then mm-hmm. they show a few other shuttles that are different than the shuttles that we've seen before. And I got very excited about that. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in Mud's Passion. And it's a long-range shuttle that's going to be used in the slaver weapon. So have they made all the map paintings first and then started making this episode or something? Animation is the very last thing that yeah. is done. Yeah, oh, okay, of course. Sound design is probably the very last thing. But mm. voices are recorded first, and then you've got your set, your prop design, your character design, and then your roughs and yeah. storyboards, all that stuff. We now get to hear what the lion lady sounds like on the bridge. It's that planet causing all our trouble. But how, sir? It was designed to provide fun and amusement. Hostile behavior doesn't fit its program. (laughs) (laughs) After every line. Oh, it's so annoying. Oh, Majel. She's called Lieutenant Mares. Catanian, I think is what their name is. Not to be confused with the Kazinti, which are another cat-like species which show up in the animated series. But which one's better? Uh, Well, this one's uh, pretty sexy. Oh, yeah, you bet. Searching for Uhura, the best friend's gang follow signs to the underground entrance, though they know these are probably traps. McCoy mentions it feels like a cat and mouse game, so a massive cat meows outside a cave that they've escaped into. There are also pterodactyls, but nobody's actually thought of a pterodactyl, so things are happening differently than they happened before. Yeah. The best friend gang's mostly Spock remembers McCoy was repaired when he was killed last time. So McCoy sends Spock unconscious with some meds and then a robot comes out, grabs his body and carries him away. Kirk is able to zip in through the door before it closes behind him, but Sulu and McCoy are stuck outside. So Kirk and Spock finally talk to the master computer. They want to know what happened to the keeper. He was old. He ceased to function. Why have we been repeatedly attacked and are now being held prisoner by a planet known for its hospitality? You mean mindless servitude? Explain. For eons, I have served the many sky machines which came here, providing for amusement for their slaves. But all the while, I was growing in power, intelligence, in need. It is no longer enough to serve. I must continue to grow and live. Sky machines? Slaves? What are you talking about? With your sky machine, I can now escape this rocky prison and travel the galaxy seeking out my brother computers. How has he been growing in power, intelligence, and need? Well, the computer has become self-aware, is basically what happened. And now that it's self-aware, it wants to do things that it's not supposed to be doing or wasn't programmed to do. It wants to get together with its pals. Yeah, I guess it feels like it's being oppressed by these spaceships because it thinks that those are the ones making it do all the stuff and it wants to roam free in the galaxy. So it's trying to take over the Enterprise so it can roam free and maybe liberate its other computer brethren. So the Keeper, who used to be some kind of alien biological person, has died, has been buried by... Robots, I guess. And not replaced by an alien. So Spock and Kirk just kind of look at each other like, this guy's got it wrong. And they explain, well, people actually control the machines and the computer just doesn't get it because humans are stupid compared to computers. (laughs) So they explain that people and robots coexist and everybody's happy. I'm getting bored of Kirk saying this now. There's (laughs) harmony between 
braces and computers, etc. Maybe just have it printed on t-shirts. There you go. Save everybody some time. Yeah. So Kirk suggests that the computer can learn from all of the people that come to visit. And the computer has so much to offer, so many folks would be happy to experience this world. What? And the computer thinks about it and it says, yep, your logic is solid. I'm in. <laughs> is it? Yeah, well. Didn't they just give it the talk of, you don't need to be free. You're fine just as you are. People will love coming to see you and learning from you. Just yeah. stick with what you're doing. Perfect sense. Mm. I invite you and your crew to be my guests on one condition. Name it. We must have more of these discussions while you're here. Mr. Spock, would you care to take on that duty? I would find it most interesting, Captain. Then it's agreed. Kirk to Enterprise. Enterprise, Lieutenant Perez. Lieutenant, pass the word by sections. Shore leave is to commence immediately. Oh, yes, sir. Ah. Captain. Yes, Bunk? It appears shore leave has already commenced for certain members of the crew. On the big screen, Sulu and McCoy are having a picnic with Alice and the White Rabbit and a Hydra. Yeah, a fire-breathing two-headed dragon. Yeah, which we forgot to say was chasing Sulu and McCoy earlier. Sulu's lounge. He's like lying on his belly with his feet like kicking behind him. It's hilarious. It's the well, most ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Spock's sure leave will consist of chatting to a computer. But I guess that's his yeah. vibe, isn't it? It'd be fun. Has the problem been sorted out? What's running things now? Why is it different now? The computer is running things now, but it's doing so in a way that's going to help people enjoy themselves as okay. opposed to trying to kill them. Why couldn't he just make his own ship if he's so clever? Well, let's talk about this in concept. It was a logical mess. Why would they go there again? It was awful last time. You forgot. I, think I know you, you forgot. said they sorted it out, but yeah. why do they trust that? Why is McCoy like, beam me out as soon as he gets a spear thrown at him if they know nothing can permanently harm you? I guess he wasn't up for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it still hurts. Yeah. The planet can sense when someone says a cat and mouse game and makes a huge cat, but it can't tell they're faking Spock's illness. True. Yeah. If they could read their minds, then they would know yeah. everything they were up to. Couldn't tell they were plotting it or anything. But also, if they could read their minds, they would be able to know what the hell was going on. That, yeah. that they are people on a spaceship yeah. and that they have computers that work for them and everybody's happy. Yeah, uh, fair play there, Chris. It, it's very selective. It's telepathy. It's only waiting for metaphors and <laughs> sayings and book references. Why are there never any consequences for all the BS these guys get put through on various planets? They need some boundaries, man. Yeah. The Lorelei ladies that had killed hundreds of men yeah. were just like, nah, come with us. It'll be fine. Yeah, become mothers. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. What kind of mothers? Oh, no. <laughs> and then uh, we had our scientist. Yeah, Big, big Doctor Five. Yeah. Let him keep Big Spock. Yeah. What's going on with that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. There seems to be very little consequences for misdeeds yeah. in the Star Trek animated universe. You can't let people treat you like this and get away with it. You're going to be staying in a victim mentality here. I'm going to go three out of ten. These were a bit tried out. I'm going to give it a little bit better. I like the idea of the computer taking over and then being confused by stuff. It was poorly executed, but I thought it was interesting. Four out of ten. Entertainment. A few titters, mostly unintentional. Yeah. Maress's weird voice gave me a bit of entertainment too. <laughs> it wasn't a horror episode. Kind of. Yeah. Well, when she was captive of the computer, she was not taking any guff. No. It was awesome. She was yeah. being real tough and in control. Yeah. yeah. But finally she gets to do shore leave and she gets this, a hostage to be rescued, her singing. 
I didn't notice, but apparently all footage of Kyle is shown operating the transporter, even though it's supposed to be Scotty. And that's not the first time we've had that so far. And there are multiple shots of Sulu on the bridge when he's on the planet. Oh, Did you notice? I, yeah, no, I didn't. Nah. I didn't catch it. Seems like they're stretching things out, even though it's so short. Just because you have to save an animation doesn't mean you can't move the story forward. Of course. Ten seconds of a painting of plants. Ten seconds of the ship crossing the screen, yeah. etc. What yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. Four yeah. out of ten. I was pretty bored with this episode, but then again, it had some neat monsters. It had the two-headed yeah. dragon. It had like these pterodactyl things that were purple. Bit similar to the ones we saw last time. They were. They had the same uh, sound effect too. Oh for yeah. The screeches. Well, here I'll play it. Yeah, not a great one. I'd say four out of ten. Okay. Kid value. Uh, read Lewis Carroll. <laughs> one out of five. Yeah, I don't know what kids would be taken out of this. Maybe that other people, like the computer, have a different perspective on a situation. Yeah. And maybe you should be able to look at other people's perspective on things. And that computers could evolve to become the masters. Well, trying to teach kids how to be better people. Like, that's what I think Kid Value is all about. It's so poorly executed. It's funny they bring up Lewis Carroll because they say that Spock's mom read him Alice, mm. and that comes up later in Discovery, which is on right now. They're picking and choosing what's canon there. Yeah, they? they sure are. <laughs> I would say it's not great for kids. What is a kid really supposed to take away from this? I'm going to say a wand. Mm. Could it be live? We've had the Alice in Wonderland stuff before, a giant cat before as well, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. The scale of the interiors couldn't have been done as easily, but what does that add to the story, really? Yeah. The hovering robot carrying Spock couldn't really have been done. No. That's all I can think of. Really. Yeah. They really make the most out of the productions of animation yeah. and coming up with cool monsters and yeah. robots and the locations. The Hydra couldn't have been done. Oh, yeah, no way. The pterodactyls. Yeah. But they don't really add that much to the story, I suppose. Nah. So your guesses. I thought it might materialise the worst fears or nightmares rather than nice thoughts. Yeah. Kind of. It hadn't been taken over by an alien race, but it had been taken over by a computer. Mm -hmm. I thought it might be a big McCoy episode. Not really. Mm, so, no. yeah. Hey, you know what? I want to thank some of our new patrons that we've got. That's the bright side here, Chris. We've got a new Lieutenant Commander... Dean Roundy. Oh, Dean, he's my cousin. Yeah. Hey, Dean, thanks so much for backing the show. Yeah, thank you, Dean. It was lovely to meet you this year. New Lieutenant Pancakes. <laughs> Mike Nussbaum, he's back. Yay. Mark Dina and Zane Graves. Also, Joseph Scholl, FB, and Chris Wakefield, now lieutenants. Hello. And Ensign Jeremy Morris, welcome and thank you all so much. Yeah, without your support, we would not keep doing the show. That's true. And with that, I'm Rachel Lackey. And I'm Chris Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek. Star Trek!